Remember, go to www.toontalk.co.uk and also novaradio.co.uk and via Google Play on any handset devices. Or you can call the show on 0191 538 and get your take on the late edition of Newcastle United after the weekend. And that brings in my guest who I haven't had a chance to say hello to yet is Neil Mitchell coming from Dubai. Good evening, Neil. Good evening, Andrew. No, you've been too busy swearing at your computer or whatever it was you was hearing going on in the background. Oh. Gosh, you're a very grumpy man this evening. Oh, are you hiding in the cupboard? Are you, are you presenting from the cupboard under the stairs again tonight? What's going Not on? Tonight. You're insistent and sweary. <laughs> Not really. Oh, a long story. I know it's been a bad weekend, but Jesus. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I've got also another guest tonight. And it is Lee Johnson calling from Chester Street. Good evening. Hello, mate. All right. Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. So we'll get straight to it. Obviously, go Neil first, but uh, and then Lee. Um, the the result to me was a bit of a strange one. Um, uh, obviously, Lee was of the at the game himself, so we'll get to that in a second. But um, to me, it was a game within a game because really and truly, for that tackle that was meted out to um, to Richie. It would have been a whole different ball game, but Newcastle United going away from home, not really settling, not dictating the play, um, and then losing uh, Dwight Gale as well on top. It has all all the the the, the problems that we could have. We could actually start to inch over the line instead of powering powering through through there uh, itself. What do you think, Neil? Well, you know what it is. Are, two questions: Are Huddersfield going to win all their games? Yes, I know. Are Brighton going to win all of their games? Yes, I know. We've changed positions with Brighton something like 19 times this season. It's going to happen again, mate. We've got we've, there's still lots of games to go. Uh, losing Gale is a nuisance, but it shows perhaps long term he's good for this division. Perhaps he's not. We need to look beyond and how we use him carefully. In the Premier League, if the weight's not fully on his shoulders, now we know why perhaps, um, you know, Murphy and Mitrovic were being held back because um, I, I suspect there's probably been doubts within the camps about his fitness. I think uh, we can say what if about that tackle. I do did love the way that the co-commentators um, that I had on, on with over here were trying to tell tell everybody that, that he wasn't that type of player and he didn't make that type of tackle and they'd only ever seen him make two tackles ever. Um, that was a full-on nasty challenge and if the referee had seen it from a different angle, I think he would have walked. Um, I think the angle that the referee had on it meant that he, he, he gave a yellow quite rightly and I think if he'd had a different angle on it, it would have got a red. Interestingly as well, I would have liked to have seen if it had been the other way around because Richie seems to, seems to get, get sort of picked up on... Uh, fouls very very easily just because he's one of these spiky little characters you know um, it's annoying deflating we didn't play well Rafa's trying to say we played with our hearts instead of our heads 
Um, I don't, don't. I think he's trying to protect the players a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I th- it was the worst game I think Paul Dummett seen. Uh, I've seen Paul Dummett have this season. I think it was the Mbemba. I think looked at totally all at sea and out of position all the time. And I think we've learned why Rafa doesn't trust him. Um, I think we're missing Hayden in the midfield badly. Um, and, and, and I think it's it's shown. Where you know for next season, if we go up, these are where our weaknesses are. Yeah, what do you think, Lee? You're obviously there. Um, you know, it seems to be catching on this studs up type of tackling. And if they don't, you know, I think it would have completely changed the game, <coughs> wouldn't it? Sheffield, if that's a big pitch in Sheffield Wednesday, and you would think Newcastle would have probably looked to pick them off. But um, give me your take on it because lots of things happened, Gale going off as well. Um, it makes a fallacy, isn't it, the fact that you know we didn't get Townsend, but if there's going to be issues with um, Gale moving forward, like you have to think now he's gone, he must be done for the season. Um, <clears throat> in terms of Gale, I think it's time to put him on the shelf for the end for the season. Um, you know, he hasn't been right since the new year, really, and I think it's probably affected the team a little bit here and there because is he going to be in? Is he going to be out? You know, you might prepare, you might prepare all week for him to be in, but then he's out. Um, so it might be an idea from the point of view of getting him right for next season, just to put him on the shelf um, and go with what we've got. Highlighting, I suppose, why Rafa wanted to bring some players in in, in January, which I kind of touched on last week, where we signed in 2009 when we on the same Routledge, and it was a bit of a game changer, a bit of pace, uh, a bit of guile, a bit of creativity, and I think that's what Rafa wanted in Townsend. And I think if Townsend hadn't come in, we would have been actually already up, personally. Um, so I think that's why he wanted to do that deal. On Saturday, from the off, we didn't play very well. I, I was disappointed because of the rule. I thought we'd come out all guns blazing, given the result Huddersfield had. So, in essence, before the game actually kicked off, it was a free punt for Newcastle. It was actually a free punt because with Huddersfield losing. Um, I thought the tackle was shocking. I thought it was a sending off. Uh, but we don't get things like that happen against us in this league for one reason or the other. Um, and yeah, Andrew, you're right. It would have changed the game dramatically, regardless of Sheffield playing well. Um, we didn't settle. We didn't defend well. We we're a bit lethargic. Rafa looked like he was doing his ends from what I could see a lot. I thought we did actually start second half in control for about the first 10, 15 minutes. Uh, we were just getting a foothold in the game there, keeping made a couple of good saves, and then we can't see two bad goals, you know, two set players, especially the second one to Fletcher. And then we lose the game 2 0. Um, no one particularly played well or covered themselves with any uh, with any greatness on the day. Um, but you know, the Huddersfield result was a was a you know it was a big result for us. And like I said, Saturday was a bit of a free punt, and as Neil's pretty much said, I've. I think he's right. I think we'll still probably chop and change with Brighton. And Brighton's still got two tough away games left away at Norwich and Aston Villa. Um, I was on paper. If we get Leeds out the way and beat Leeds, you would think mm, they could take maximum points. But, you know, we're, we're where we want to be. We're in the automatic spots. Um, I, don't care if we're, I don't care if we go up one or two because I believe if we go up one or two, regardless of how we go up, if Rafa's back in the summer, then Brighton, uh, then Brighton yeah. will be seeing the back of our horses as well. Yeah, no, I, I would agree absolutely with everything, nearly. We just need to get up and, and yep. you know what, let the media love in, 
go on about Brighton and give them all the accolades and massage their egos as much as they like. It's taken them four bloody goals to get into this position. Um, you know, so let's just let them crack on. And mm-hmm. we worry about our own house. And our own house is, is about getting up automatically and then getting sorted for the next season and, and back in Rafa. That's that's what it's about. We worry about our own house now. And yep. sod what Brighton are doing. Um, as look, we've got canny little distance now back to Huddersfield. They've got a big job on to catch with. I know reading between the lines, listening to what their fans are saying, they've given up on it. Mm. Um, and and I, it, it's interesting. The Leeds loving seems to have uh, derailed a little bit of late as well. The ex-players who were saying, all oh, the top two will be looking over their shoulders are now not really they're now very quiet now leads are coming to play us at the weekend don't they so i think we just have to focus on us and focus on our games you're absolutely quite right about the fixtures um they've got two tough away games on on paper and it's all on paper at the end of the day mm-hmm. do you know what they could lose next weekend, we could win next weekend, and then it, it's topsy-turvy again. I still think, Neil, I still think the biggest problem we've got in this league is still, regardless of Brighton being top, everyone sees Newcastle as the team to beat. So we'll, we'll get that, whoever we play, everyone treats us as their cup final, it doesn't matter who it is. If Brighton turn up on your doorstep, do they really think, oh, Brighton's coming today, get in, massive game. They don't. The, the, the one thing I took about from mm. that was actually, obviously after, the, the last 10, was it 10 minutes, 15 minutes of uh, Mitrovic being on. Change um, the game, Andrew. Yeah, this, it, it, yeah did. obviously it's interesting what you said because um, the, probably the first time he's played the ball, not the man. Yes, did you, t- did you see one of my tweets, what I was saying today? Yes, I saw, yeah. Yes, yes, I saw, yeah. yes. He, he was playing the ball, not the mm-hmm. man. He was focusing I... on the ball, not the man. And he was not, basically not looking to elbow the centre back out in the next week. It wasn't was, basically, yeah, exactly. basically, basically, he wasn't given an easy free kick away to the opposition. Aye, he was, he was using his brain and his body in the right manner. And if he uses his brain and body in the right manner, he would he would tear up this league. It's a shame he hasn't because he's just got involved in battles and fights instead of you know making sure that the defender has a hard time. But that's because he's shielding the ball. He's making he's making life difficult for the defender, and he could he could. Really, in essence, just looking at things this week so far, little stories and all that. That last ten minutes might have put in my Rafa's eye. If Rafa Benitez, Rafa Benitez, surely would be saying them. That's what I want of you, son. That's exactly what I want of you, son. And because yeah, he could be a big player now in the next couple of weeks. Because like I said, I'd personally shelve Gale now. I wouldn't mess on with him. I'd put him on the shelf, get him sorted, get him right. Because he's obviously got a problem. And he's obviously not right. Yeah. Nah, if you can get Mitrovic in and you get Mitrovic firing and Mitrovic playing, why not? Why, why not? The guy's got talent, there's no doubt about it. Bought him for £12 million, he's clearly got something, but like I said, if he goes, if he plays when he thinks about the football and only the football, focusing on the football, and then defenders foul him, that's fine. Let defenders smash mm. into the back of you. Don't worry about them smashing into the back of you. As long as you focus on the ball, bring your teammates in, in, into it and make life difficult for the, for the centre-halves and... That last 10 minutes has been, uh, Mitrovic has been long overdue, so he might have put himself in the shop window for the game on Friday night. Yeah, the, 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 the only issue I've got is, yeah, he's, you'll probably, I, I think you'll play him, but you never, with Rafa, you're never going to know, do you? He might start, he might start uh, Murphy. Um, you know, to me, there's nothing to lose. You're, look, you're feeling against United. Um, the, 
the, what's going to happen is we know what's going to happen. He's going to play Mitrovic or Murphy up front, and he's going to have um, uh, Modi Army. Um, Might play the two hundred. Well, that's the thing. It, it, there has to come a time, and I, I just you know the man is not for bending sometimes, isn't he? But it, that's the thing. We need we need to strike fear into teams, and you know yes, it's great having pace. But when we we haven't got it, and the guy's going to be out for a while. Well, the only time the only time he started the only time the only time he the only time he started two actually the season under up top was actually Mitrovic and Murphy, but Mitrovic got injured after five minutes at Birmingham. Yeah, exactly. I remember that. So you never know. You never yeah. know. It's a, it, I think it's it's an interesting debate because the thing almost I had a family event. My sister from Australia came up, so I was watch obviously watching the game and not watching the game, but you know I heard nothing. And like normally, yeah, ooh, ah, uh, but I heard absolutely nothing that whole game. Obviously, when we scored, people erupted, but it, it was like somebody didn't turn up with the with the the with the, the coffee or the vitamins or something. It was a lovely, a lovely warm day, and you know they if they can't if they can't get if they can't get going on such a big pitch, it, it is a worry that we're gonna. Inch, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get draws here and there, and we're we're gonna get up, but it's. it's ah, we just, guys, ah, we just didn't, we just didn't play well, Andrew. It happens, it happens. You kind of, you kind of play well every game, you kind of win every game, and you know, fair play to Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday, we're up and about us again. Like I, like I just, like I keep pointing out, every team in this league sees Newcastle as a major scalp. So, if we're not on it, then results like that can happen. Um, we just need to put it to bed. We've got a bit of a let-off at Huddersfield losing and we've got an absolute massive... It's a great game to come back into trying to get three points again Friday night. Leeds coming to Newcastle, quarter away kick-off, the town, good Friday, the town, like, half the town will be drunk. Uh, I won't be because I'll have the bend, but uh, I think the atmosphere will be absolutely rip-rolling on, on Friday night. Yeah, I think it's... That, I, think, I think they're playing that game as... Uh, are they playing... Are Brighton playing before us again? Yeah, again, well, yeah. Because that's, that's trying to set it up again, isn't it? They're trying to make Six. us... Yeah, it's definitely just, there's something wrong with that, you know. At least we're on TV, I suppose we can say. But I think um, it's a the, to me the one thing is if they're going to play Sheffield Wednesday, I just thought, God, we draw, we're top of the league anyway. We're still top of the pile, and you know the last ten minutes, I must admit, I thought that was a just if you're gonna if you're gonna put them on together, you're gonna you're gonna go for it. This more more I don't know what you think, Neil, but it's. It's not working for me. It's 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 worked a couple of times, but it's like it was, we're flocking it. We're flocking a guy who probably after one season, he, you know, he might start to come into himself uh, and where, where, if and when we get the Premier League. But to me, it's just not working. Well, more the army. He, I don't think yeah, I, I think don't think he's. Big, I don't think I think because he wants to be in his position. He's not being put in position. He gets he gets moved around. You know. Um, obviously, Shelby was unlucky with that shot, but where, where do you think his best position is? Because uh, fundamentally, he's never he's never done enough for me. He, he, does, he doesn't look right in either. He doesn't look right in either position for me, uh, Andrew. He doesn't look right in the whole midfield, and he hasn't had a really. He's only had one good game in a number ten role, and even in that game, he scored a bloody goal outside of his heel that he didn't realise he'd, he'd scored. Um, which was ironic, really, because he'd actually had a good game against uh, down at Brighton. But um, he, by his own admissions, he's had a bad season. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, that's the thing is, how long can he keep on? That's the thing. He keep, he, that, 
you know, he keeps on coming That's out with it. He always says it's it. It's like every couple of weeks, I'm not playing well. Well, do something about it, mate. Put your foot in. Do something. It's like, you know, he's one of these players. He, he's a bit like Sissoko, right? He, he's, a type of, he's got that in him to take, um, to take the ball, to take on players, and he doesn't do it. Why is he not doing it? Is he... To me, you know, he's... He's what, how old is he? He's 29, is he? 28, 29? Ah, uh, he's, he's not. He's coming towards 30. So mind you, after, mind, he, works, he works harder than that fraud, Andrew. Oh, yes, I know. <laughs> he, does, he does a bit more, yes, I, I, got it. I, think, I do see that. But I just think he need. you know, I, I don't know when the penny drops for some players. It's like, you know, fair enough, this might, this might not have happened if that set, if they had given the, laws, the letter of the law and sent off sent him off from again Bannon Bannon's got history of this and I keep on hearing the, the commentators Neil saying know your players well I've been watching that Bannon for a long long time and he always always gets done he, he, he comes in rashly he gets sent off most of the time sent off his hands being the Premier League because he's rash he loses it completely and he gets sent off you know again why is it not a retrospective punishment because he got booked, right? Was he, he was booked. No, he left out with it. Because he's booked. Look, yeah. they're talking about bringing in video assistants. Yeah, this is do, the, yeah. the kind of thing that video assistants could come into play with. Um, until it is, they'll do what they normally do. The referees also be covered because they'll say, well, he dealt with it on the pitch. It's frustrating. But at the end of the day, you have to put yourself in the referee's shoes, having refereed at a certain level. Sometimes you are at an angle that stops you from seeing how full-blooded something is and you turn around when you see it again and think, oh, I'm quite sure, you know, I never had the chance to look at television replays of stuff, but being told by other people, mind you got that wrong, because if you see it from another angle and you you realise... Ex-ref, Neil, yeah? Mm. Ex-ref, you wouldn't have got that one against Burton last week wrong, Anna. No, that's very true, mate. Absolutely true, and, and, and to this day, I don't have a clue what that lad, or what all four officials were doing. I, I Neil, Neil, imagine, imagine being me having a six-year-old next to us trying not to swear. That's very impressive that you didn't, because I'm afraid I would have. I was losing <laughs> the plot. Mate, it, 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 the one thing that came out of that, that incident, that, it, that incident really does sort of um, stand out. It, it raises great concerns that those four officials tried very hard after the event to cover their backsides that they had made a massive mistake. Um, Basic it, it, mistake? It, oh, massively, massively. It didn't make any sense made. why you made that decision. And, and, and that, you know, do you know what it is? That, that in that conspiracy to cover up the mistake, that footage, there's footage out there that will make them out as liars, i.e. cheats. And the, and, and the eventual cover-up and conflicting statements that they've all given is, is in the aftermath is terrible. To, to be told, right, you're not going to officiate next week is pathetic punishment. Who does that actually... What does that actually solve? Um, it, it, it raises the question, how corrupt is, is football in one form or another? when you see officials conspire like that in a blind state of panic to protect themselves, how many more incidents have been created by officials because somebody's put an envelope in their back pocket? I thought I'd seen it all. Massive statement, but 
that Before shows what it's possible all. to do between the officials. You're right. I thought I'd seen it all. I to see, um, to see, <coughs> to see him get that so badly wrong. Because there is only one, one instance where you can make an indirect free kick, mm. and that's when somebody does a John Aldridge like stutter run up and does yeah. stupid dancing Please, things over yeah. the top of the ball. Absolutely only time. And every other situation is either the penalty is retaken <laughs> and that's Never it. Seen out like it. Uh, no, imagine imagine imagine, no, imagine nobody can explain it. Nobody, not um, anybody. Imagine if we had actually imagine imagine if we had actually drew that game and had actually mm-hmm. lost at the weekend, obviously Han and Huddersfield a massive incentive. I wonder what I wonder what kind of hell on there would have been via the club. Um, because uh, that was it wasn't you know yeah I know it, well I know well I know I know basic decisions I know obviously referees referees decisions final and things like that and I understand mistakes on tackles mistakes on offsides and things like that it's kind of human error but that was actually basics I think me missus actually knows that law never mind um, and the fact that I actually talked about it for nine minutes they talked about it for nine minutes and then added three minutes on at half time. I've never seen St James's Park like it for a long time. It was absolutely damn mental. Yeah. And, and should have and some of the and some of the like conspiracy theories going round at half time. People were knocking me t- touching me on the shoulder going, He's given for offside, you know, he's given for offside. I said, How can he give an offside? I says, My Richie hasn't even kicked the ball. It's like he ran past him. I went, Don't be so absolutely daft so no one knew what the hell was going on. <laughs> Ridiculous. Matt, isn't it? Matt Richie just basically got him out of jail. He must be yes. disappointed on Saturday, though, um, uh, Lee. Obviously, going all that way, paying forty-two quid, and uh, I framed it. I framed it. I framed the ticket. I framed the ticket. Did you have a? It was. Did you have an abysmal view with a pillar in your way? Because I've uh, got lots the, of pictures on, on Twitter, my Twitter feed, and from me, yeah, the, where the, where was the, the it was really poor. There's two massive pillars who, uh, keeping that stand up where we're in. I have to see a mind. Uh, Neil, you know a lot of grounds these days all look the same. Mm. A lot of them are Meccano sets, and I, I must say I, I oh. like I like how Hillsborough still got its own identity and things like that. I like I do, I do actually sometimes prefer going to the old school grounds, but for the price you, you shouldn't be paying forty two quid. That's the, no, <laughs> no, that's, 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 that's look. That's there's two two things happened with the, with the, the the whole things there. Uh, one that ticket prices prices outrageous for championship football. There's no way they can justify that in any way, shape, or form. And two, the decision. Now I don't know how comp- how how much of this was um, South Yorkshire Police, of course, who are our greatest friends, um, in terms of the numbers given. Because I'd heard this statement that they wanted Sheffield Wednesday fans on all four sides of the pitch to well, create did you an see the behind the goal, and, Andrew. Uh, behind the goal, Neil. Um, behind the goal, the bottom tier, which was, which had about a hundred Sheffield Wednesday fans in. That's where we should have been. I was literally right at the front of our fans, um, and that bottom tier below us had about a hundred fans in. It was, it was virtually mm. empty. To be fair, it was empty, totally right. empty, and that's the ones that didn't give us, which we would have filled. Cut their nose off to spite their face, haven't they? Yep. Well, I think it was apparently there was a police not there Sheffield Wednesday. Well, that that would make sense because they they're always. I remember. Interesting times with South Yorkshire Police on many in a weird trip, even just passing through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, it's not, st- just, it's not just, uh, to me, it's going to be really interesting watching the playoffs with all the Yorkshire teams looking like they're all going to be in it 
should be some really tasty um, clashes to come. But um, I think Reading got hammered. Was it seven? Did somebody? Did they get beat seven? Aye, there was six one down in half time, mate. Off Norwich. No worries. No worries. It's funny, isn't it? You have Stam saying, "Oh, Newcastle got this, Newcastle got that." Actually, I've got one question to ask you. Um, interesting set of financial results came out from Newcastle. It seems like uh, we're talking about looking at six players, but they're trying to say obviously that the, the amount of money we've, like I think Neil's been going on about this for a while, that we don't make any money from the, the fans going into the club, and the turnover has gone substantially down. And um, but they reckon it's going to be far worse. This is the thing you see. This is probably why he kept that 30 million. In it, well, so I think it's more than 30 million the amount of players that we sold for such a great profit. Um, they're trying to say, well, that's it comes across to me anyway in, in the results that Charlie's burned out that he, he's, he's saying, oh, well, the amount of money that we saved on the, you know, um, keeping our powder dry. What was your thoughts on the results, uh, Neil? Then I'll get to, I'll get to um, early after that. What, on the, the, the other results in the division? No, the, the results that the, the, when the financial figures came out uh, oh, last sorry. week. Well, well, you know, they're trying to say that we obviously they've lost money from TV, which is obviously normal, but because now yes. you get ten million a game, isn't it? Yeah, well, relegation costs you. That there's a thing. Tell us something we didn't know. Um, and people panicking about turnover being down, etc., etc. Well, I guess of course it was. We're in a relegation season. Um, and whether we like it or not, that's the way it is. Um, we also were, the Wonga shirt deal was poor by comparison in terms of other, and I think they think that this is why so much importance has been placed on the new shirt deal coming going forward, because the new shirt deal has to be on a par with the Premier League shirt deal elsewhere, and that additional sponsorship will go on the shirt and it will go on the sleeves. Um, I've got no doubt about that. We'll have we'll have two sites of sh- shirt sponsorship. Be prepared for that. We're going to, our shirts are going to look like a bloody mess. Mm. Um, but at the same it time, is. it's about revenue, Andrew. Mm. Because it's all about the look end. Because now, top flight clubs don't rely on the fans for the money. It comes from everywhere else. It comes from TV. It comes from sponsorship. It comes from use of the stadium. It comes from opportunities like we're hosting the rugby going forward. And, and is it 2019? We've got all the yeah. rugby finals. You know, things like that. That's what top clubs do now because that's how, um, you know, the turnover and the revenue happens. So because we've been... The legacy of of the Wonga deal, for example, has hurt with in more ways than one because nobody wants to buy the shirt with Wonga on. And, you know, I've got friends, female friends, who are can get into a large boys and because it doesn't have a, a shirt sponsor on they'll buy that instead you know um, very deliberately and so all these things have come home to roost and I think that's what you're seeing in the financial results Andrew is, is, is poor decisions in the last two or three years finally coming and biting one on the backside that's what it's about what it, those decisions who were on the pitch too because that's what got were relegated by the way I think well, the way the way the way Charlie statement read without obviously hearing his voice, I was like, it was like you should be thankful 
because of this. You should be thankful because of that. And I was thinking, all I was thinking was, you, you, and you, and your bell end mate are responsible for the reason why we went down. We went down twice under his tenure. So there's only two. There's only one person in my eyes who's been responsible for two relegations. The man who signs off on everything. The moron who actually runs the club. So at the end of the day, when they're whinging on about financial results and it's hitting them hard in the pocket, the only people who are responsible for getting hit hard in the pocket are the idiots who make the decision. The idiots who have appointed people like Joe Kinnear, not once but twice, as I love saying. Um, you know, the likes of Alan Pardew continuously uh, continuing as manager when we couldn't win a game for Toffee. The appointment of Steve McLaren when, you know, I, I wasn't dead and necessarily dead against that, but clearly... We had a problem, but other, like, unlike any other club, we decided to hold on to them and hold on to them and hold on to them until like, pretty much death was kicking in. So there's only, there's only one person who's responsible for our ultimate demise and ultimate demise financially, and that is Mike Ashley, because Mike Ashley makes all the get, decisions. I don't care. The, the thing is that I don't get, um, obviously they're, they're now touting six players. So, okay, six players. Is that enough? Six players, yes. I think it is enough. It just depends on, like, I don't believe for any, well, I just, my hunch about um, Atsu, um, he'll, not be, he'll not be here I, next year. He'll not be here, I can't see it. I'll be amazed if, if they get him another loan, then possibly, but um, that's the thing, six players, but they've got to, this is the thing, isn't it? We've got to hit the ground running. A lot of teams, <laughs> a lot of teams, have, you know, the time we've been away, the time we didn't invest, they're, they hadn't shown again ahead of Newcastle. Yeah, but what? But what do you? What, hi, but Andrew, that that begs the question: If we go up, if I'll keep saying up until we are, if we buy six players, six quality players, what 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 would what are you expecting? What would you be expecting as a fan from next season? You can't you, automatically fans can't think right. We're going to be challenging, challenging for Europe because no, now that's not happening, right? Yeah, everything we want that's, a lot. Yeah. That isn't happening, right? Exactly. Exactly, Neil. That isn't happening. People have basically oh, got to, people have got to be sensible and think, right? Everybody what do you? What's it. the first thing you've got to do? What's the first thing you've got to do when you're promoted as a as a club, regardless who you are? It's consolidation. You need to consolidate and you need to build for a solid basis. Now, I believe if Rafa Benitez is our is our manager, he will challenge Mike Mike Ashley not to, not just to exist. He will obviously challenge Mike Ashley to take the club far high. And you know when we touched on cup competitions this season, when we went out at Hull and we went out the cup at Oxford, where we touched, where we said, well, if we did what we did this season, certainly against Oxford, we would be disappointed if we're in the Premier League next year. So, you know, we will, we will, we will look to compete in things like that. But anyone who thinks we're going to go from, you know, getting out of the Championship um, and then going on to win the Premier League, which is absolutely quackney. Because you need a you need a solid basis and you need to build it over time. Mm. You've got to remember, Rafa's not even twelve months into his he's not even twelve months into the first year of his contract, man. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring in Chris Powell, who's from, uh, from Texas, where I'm sure it's nice and sunny. Good evening, Chris. How are you? Good evening, guys. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It was a uh, pretty pathetic watching how Newcastle oh, played this past weekend. But besides that, I mean. Uh, Onward and upward, five more games to go to try to to, to to try to get out of the championship and get back in the premiership. But I agree with uh, with your previous caller saying that I, I think it's a little 
short-sighted to think that uh, Newcastle is just going to go up to the Premiership and just go straight to the top. I mean, I do like, and I, I guess because Rafa Benitez is the coach, I feel that a top eight finish is not out of the realm of possibilities next year. But I mean, that might be a little bit, uh, you know, a little foolhardy on my part as well. Yeah, I think it's it's all obviously we're, we're just talking about the fact that you know they they're talking about six players. Um, obviously, you've got to think of the, some of the fringe players like Roland Aaron's will come back from injury. They're obviously, going to bring back um, C- uh, CM Dion, and I personally would think a lot we could look to bring in players that who have uh, who have gone down. Um, obviously, going to go down. I'm not the interesting one for everybody is <laughs> Newcastle being linked with Jermaine Defoe. Now, that's never going to happen the month of Sundays. Even if, even if he lives in Newcastle, um, that it's going to be it's going to be to me. That's the the exciting thing is that when when we eventually do go up, we're going to be looking at players that can be the difference makers. But with obviously what's in place, what's happened with them with Magashi and what he's basically what he's told Rafa Benitez essentially is that okay. Uh, I want the young players in so I can sell them on. Um, do, do you agree with that, uh, Chris? Or do you think we need players bang bang to come in there and be able to give Newcastle a base to start the season? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Rafa Benitez is going to kind of dictate to Mike Ashley mm-hmm. how things are going to go, at least mm-hmm. as long as he's on contract. Uh, but uh, so I, I don't. I think that the January transfer window kind of showed everybody that. Uh, there's a new sheriff in town. He was not happy with how things, you know, with how things progressed. And I think it, you know, it took a couple, you know, it almost took a couple games for Newcastle to kind of over, you know, to, to bounce back from that, from that disappointment. But uh, I see Jermaine Defoe is what I like to know. What I, what I love, who's a goal poacher. He's a guy that does not need, he does not need the perfect pass. He does not need anything. When he has a chance to score goals, he puts the ball in the back of the net. Newcastle have not had someone like that since Alan Shearer, in my opinion. They really haven't. I mean, I think uh, at one point, Dembaba was kind of a goal poacher, guys, and if, if you'll agree with me on that. I mean, he seemed like he could, if he got a chaff chance, he was going to score. He might have only got one chance in the game, but the one chance he got, he was going to put in the back of the net. They haven't had anybody like that. Um, I see Daniel Sturridge more is uh, is more in that role I think than Defoe. I could see Benitez going after Daniel Sturridge more through you know through Liverpool ties and maybe making him uh, you know the guy that's going to be the the goal scorer but they need a guy who can do that to stay in the premiership. You can't I mean you know, one thing about Gale when Gale's not hurt and that's that I'll tell you what that's starting to become a concern the the, you know, the injury situation. It's not like Newcastle had been to deal with that in the past. They uh, they need a guy who could stay healthy, stay on the pitch, and score goals. End of story. Sturridge Lee, and I also what do you think? Um, and then Defoe, but I and I I would. I'm I would contra- think my concern. My concern for Sturridge would be well, just kind of what Chris has just touched on regarding um, Gale. Um, would be his record, his injury record of late. The last two years, he hasn't played many. He hasn't played much football. Um, so that would be a concern if you were going to, I suppose, put it quite a bit outly on money on somebody. You know, you want you'd really you'd realistically want them to be fit and playing week in week out. He's no doubt a quality player. There's no doubt about that. But um, I'm just I would be a little bit concerned about his durability. As for the the four, I'd just sign him for the comedy value of it. Um, uh, you know, if you take the four of them, 
I, I just the meltdown would be absolutely fantastic because the proper meltdown when we're saying callback. So getting the fourth then would just be hilarious. I mean, I'd even go and pick Jermaine the fourth for free, and I, I'd even give someone five pound as well, just so then put it towards like not going into administration. <laughs> Let's hope he's better than callback. <laughs> I think because of his obviously with that young lad Bradley being a son and fan, I can't see it. I'd be very surprised if he, if he because for him it's I don't know. I, I, yeah, but Jermaine Defoe, Andrew, guys, Jermaine Defoe is not your typical you know Sunderland. I was born you know born red type guy. I mean, this guy's played everywhere. He's played in the United States. He's played yeah. He I mean he's been he's played for multiple clubs. He go. He's kind of like a hired gun. I mean, he's a hired marksman. If you want a guy that can score goals, he's your guy. And Newcastle needs a guy who can score goals. I'd be surprised if he doesn't end up back in London. To be fair, Chris. Um, oh, absolutely. For some, or like Crystal Palace or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he's coming. Kind of coming to the end of his career, isn't he? I'm surprised he wouldn't. I'd be surprised if he doesn't kind of go back home. Well, it'd be nice. Is this is is this Knockhart guy? Is he a possibility, or is he pretty much just married to to Brighton? Because he does seem like a guy that could, uh, you know, in the mold of Andy Carroll before you know before they foolishly sold Andy Carroll away. Um, and I think you're looking. You're looking to me. Mitrovic and Murphy will be gone anyway. There's no doubt about that. Newcastle. Can can you can you can you bring in Daniel Sturridge? You can't really bring it to four, but just if you look at that, Newcastle, who holds the ball up in the air well as a big, big striker, it's never going to be Daniel Sturridge. He always plays football on the, the turn. He, 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 doesn't, he never holds the ball up. He's not a, he's not a target man. So if I, we're gonna we're gonna lose pace, aren't we? I think the pace. big I think the big thing, Andrew, is uh, I think Rafa will be looking to as he pretty much did in the last six games in the Premier League last season, I think he'd be looking to lay solid foundations. Yeah. I think he'd be looking to make us very difficult to beat. And there's no doubt about it we need to add pace to the side. Uh you know, we haven't really got a great deal of pace within the side and I think sort of like um identifying identifying footballers or what the scouts will be currently doing at this particular moment in time on his blueprint, we'll be looking for players who, you know, he's desperate. I think he's desperate for a number 10. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a number 10, because it doesn't matter who he's tried this season, the yep. army Perez, it just kind of hasn't really worked, has it? You know, they've always kind of flitted in and out, and he's messed around with it and things like that, but we've still kind of managed to get the job done. So if we go up and Mike Assey decides to uh, board the horse, as he said two years ago, um I think it will probably be the most interesting summer since 1995 on the same Ferdinand, Ginola, uh, Warren Barton and Shaka Hislop. Yeah, I, I can see Perez going as well, Chris. What do you think? I, I think I think obviously he's got his form has gone down. He, he's not lighting up. He's, yeah, he scored a goal at Brighton, but he's he's not doing what I think uh, Lee, because obviously Lee goes most of the game, that would get you out of the seat and move up. he move across the back lane. He would, he he would ruin a lot of teams. He, he, he used to, didn't he? So it's he interesting. Did. And now he's 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 not making. He, he, you know, you're looking at a project, and he's what 24 now. It's, you know, in the Premier League, he, he he couldn't do it, and you know he's not going to get. If he thinks he's got not getting the game time now in the hustle and bust of Premier League, Chris, he's not going to. He's not be called upon, is he? Yeah, he's um, he's. I'm not saying he's been a disappointment, but he's definitely kind of. Uh, he's definitely taken his foot off the gas, just as far as how much he has influenced the game. And 
if you're going to be the number, if you're going to be the number ten, you've got to have someone who can influence the game. It'd be nice if Shelby had more pace, you know, because you know they, he'd be a great you know, a guy that can influence the game. But they, you know, Shel, you know, Shelby's kind of a guy that you know plays the pass and lets the rest of the guys do their job. That that it's it's been guys. When's the last time Newcastle had a number ten that you you that you were just thrilled about? He was not really number ten, man. We've never really, we've never really played with a ten, to be honest. No, no, it's always been, it's always been like kick it up and just kind of let him and, and score. Closest, closest we've had for me was when Bellamy played off Shearer. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, but that was four four two, really, honest. But that was four four two, really. He wasn't really. But he used to like 10. cover probably Kevin Nolan in behind Andy Carroll. Now Kevin Nolan, I think, especially in the championship, he was he was definitely doing a good job in that number ten role. He was really setting everything up and, and yeah. yet also providing goals. Do you, who do you think? Do you think? I know it's you know when it comes to Andy Carroll, it, that's the trouble, isn't it? If you're going to bring somebody big, strong, I, I can't think of anybody who in in the obviously got in the whole of the leagues that is making a statement or he's coming through the ranks to possibly get somebody cheaper, um, like knock out, knock about. Well, you know, it's funny, knockabout, to me, I, I, the way that he plays, I, I, I think he's, to me, he's not, I don't think he's really that consistent. Yes, he, he's, he, I think he's consistent in that team. Might be interested to find him in a better team. Possibly. Better than him. Better yeah. than him out there. Well, hey, Gentlemen, this is kind of to, to put a little, you know, kind of how to compare it a little bit to American sports. And you know, we have something called a draft here, where you, where you, you're if you're the if you're a horrible team, you get the first round draft choice, you get a chance to better yourself. If you miss on that draft choice, it can set your franchise back for four or five years. Now, in the UK and in, in, in soccer and in football, they don't have drafts, but what you do is if you screw up on a transfer, it can set you back for five, six years. And I don't care about how much money Newcastle made. I think giving up Andy Carroll in the prime of his career was one of the biggest mistakes Newcastle United has ever made. And they still have not really recovered from it. Look, I know he got injured, but that was at Liverpool. Who knows what happens if he stays at St. James's Park. I, I I think that that set our franchise back so much. In my never, opinion. Never should have left here. He was born to play here. Born to play here. There's no doubt about it. He was literally becoming unplayable before he left here. Just, yes. I mean, seriously. They've been trying to find they've been trying to find someone ever since. To try to, to, to and it's not even close. It's it's like what happens in a draft and Andrew remembers this and because watching a, if you screw up, if you draft the wrong person, you you know, you've put all your eggs into this one basket in a draft pick and you pick this guy and he completely does nothing. That is kind of what's happened with Newcastle since they let Carroll go. I mean, who who have they who did they sign with all that money to begin with? Did they even find a good signing? Well, it was when it was when Demba it was Demba Ball when Demba Ball and CCA and Kabai and all that come in. But obviously, we had a good season after that. But after that, we just went absolutely down the pan. Is, any, is anybody? The thing is, obviously, we've been in this league for a while now, and. Is there anybody in this in this league we've been in that you we've we've talked about and said, oh look at that player, he absolutely just you know he he looks such he's so ferocious, he looks so good, and then in this one league 
if you're going to find journeymen, you're going to find little nuggets here and there, there hasn't been anybody that I can... Like, okay, we'll Who's the, hey, Andrew, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Who's the young guy from Reading? Who was the young guy from Reading that just tore us up? There was two, two young lads from Fulham tore it a bit. Yeah. Oh, oh tore it from Fulham. From Fulham, and that's Carney, what I meant to say. 10. Now, that number 10. Yeah. Carnes or something like Carney, that? Carney, Carney. Carney, yeah. Yeah, he was outstanding that day. Outstanding. Uh, he was now, is he, I mean, is, he, is he, did he just bring his level up because he was playing you know, Newcastle, or has he been that good well, all season? I don't really see all the other matches. Us. He's been linked with us. He's been linked with us since pretty much the start of the season. But then we got caught at $15 million in the window, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, guys, who cares? If I could get Andy Carroll again for $15 million, it's worth it. I mean, I hate to just keep comparing everybody to him, but I, I just... Uh, that's the problem. The, the West Ham will be desperate to get rid of it. No matter what they say and the way that he plays, you know, when Billich goes, because it looks like they want to get rid of Billich, but um, when Billich goes, you wonder who they're going to bring in. And if, you know, Andy's got to take a lot of things on board, especially about the, the fact he's with the way that he doesn't look after his body, because it's clear sometimes he doesn't. Well, most, most clear he doesn't. And that, that's the thing is, he is ready-made for Newcastle. I don't even know how old he is now. He must be at least 20... 27, I think. Is he only 27? Wow. 27, so that, That's the thing. The thing is, because, it, obviously, if Rafa's going to be there next season, the only way we're going to find out, like, you know, you, you hear in the press that in a couple of days, we're going to, they're going to look at um, making moves um, to get these six players identified to bring back to Newcastle. Um, so it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be interesting whenever... You know, the worst thing, we'll, we'll never... The, the thing for Newcastle to do is, if we're going to... If we go up and we make moves, we've got to make them... I think we've got to make them pretty quickly. We can't wait around because the other clubs, the big clubs, they all take, obviously, to look, they'll get the better players anyway, but a lot of teams are waiting and waiting and waiting until that window. To, to you know, um, later in the window, uh, b before they actually start to make the moves. But if, if Newcastle are going to make a dent and you know, make a proper dent, you know, we've got to do it quickly and, you know, I can't say spending 60 million, like, I just can't say it. We need to. Yeah, Neil? Can I go to Chris? Can you see you can't spend 60 million? Yeah, well, we've got to. We've got to, I, I think, can't, yeah. like. Andrew, I, I, we, we, we go up and we don't spend, we'll come straight back down. Mm. And if two relegations haven't taught Ashley anything, they'll teach him nout. Exactly. Well, gentlemen, it's inflation. I mean, it's you know the, the the kind of players you could get for six to eight million, you know, six, seven, eight years ago. They're going to cost you know twelve to fifteen to sixteen million. So if you're if you're talking about trying to get five or six players, you're looking to spend well over fifty million quid. That's all there is to Absolutely. it. It's uh, it's it's just it just is what it is. I think Mills, well, obviously Mills are going down, and you got Sunderland going down. On that team in Sunderland, probably take the four out because I think he's. I can't see actually going for Defoe. He's he's so old. But like, is anybody in that Sunderland team and that Liverpool <laughs> team? Would you take? Are you going to see? Are you going to see what I think you have? That you'd buy. Oh, keep listening. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you actually going to see? Would you buy any of that lot? No, I'm, nah. I'm posing the question. Would you ask? Would apart from Defoe, would it be anybody in that team you'd take? Nah, not one of them. But absolutely horrific. Yeah, There's a reason why they're gone down. The four, the four only, yeah, the rest of them, Andrew, well, apart from the goalkeeper, but the goalkeeper would never come to Newcastle. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think the goalkeeper would ever come to Newcastle. Yeah. 
the rest of them, no, the rest of them are absolutely horrific. It was, and it was really nice just pulling away. It was really nice to see Seb Lawson get these comeuppance for like 60, 70 bad tackles in the last three years and get them sent off for something you shouldn't have because I thought that was pretty much pretty funny yesterday. But no, in short, I wouldn't sign any of them lot uh, apart from the goalkeeper, but he'd never come here. Yeah, well, I, I, he's, he's mates of my uh, sister, my uh, niece's uh, boyfriend, so, and he's all, the thing is, if in a way, you you know what, what the they can they they call us the comedy club until you hear when you look at what's been going on at Sunderland, like you know you get out of jail so many times and you think well okay the Johnson thing, um you know takes a biscuit but they still got away with it, and for them to do what they've done and the way they've done it plus obviously they've laid off staff as well, it you know it, to me it's mind blowing what the, what they've managed to do themselves and. You, know, you get what you deserve in this league, and that's the thing about the Premiership. You can start okay, like Middlesbrough did start okay. That's the thing about the, the thing about Middlesbrough. When you look at Middlesbrough and the way they're playing, at least now they realise they've got to play football, and they are more open. Um, but even on that team, I, I don't know if Newcastle want to save money. Um, who, who would you go for anybody on that team? Well, Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Well, Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Actually, if Middlesbrough had had the four this season, Middlesbrough would have stayed up. Middlesbrough have been defensively solid all season. I've got the thing: how many no-nil draws they've had. Um, but the problem is with draws. You know, if you continue to draw football matches, you, you are likely to get relegated. But Middlesbrough defensively this season, I think they've been absolutely superb. I don't think there's many teams actually in the league who's conceded um, more less goals than Middlesbrough. I really don't. And I think if they did have it to four, they probably would have stayed up. I think they'll be down for a while. Like I, I think uh, they've been there for they were down there for a longer time. It's it just it is to me it's one of the it's one of them clubs you would think they'd be in the door for so long and they would absolutely blitz it. They're buying great. They're bringing players to to make really make a march and for them to go down the way they're going down the way Sunderland are going down as well. It's. It's you know the, the interesting the only interesting thing about the relegation is in is who do you think do we think that Hull are going to drag somebody down who we don't expect that that to me is quite amazing they absolutely play horrendous away from home but when they play at home they look brilliant and it wouldn't surprise me that um, the army goes back to them wouldn't surprise me at least because he's not going to play in it I can't see him the way that he plays. Um, I can't see him being a Newcastle player. I think there's going to be a massive player in Newcastle. I think, uh, but I, I get to one point, lads. I'll go to Chris, I'll go to Neil. Neil first. It's amazing how much Newcastle miss uh, Kieran Conn. Yes, he's been the find of the season, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bears. You know, managers bang on about having a left-footed, left-sided mm-hmm. centre back. And bringing balance and something to the team, and and certainly he does that. Um, I think we've underestimated the engine room that Hayden gives within that middle of the park as well. I think Hayden Clark and and Yedlin. I mean, all three of them have been. I think I'd, all I'd agree. Injuries. I'd agree, Chris. I'd agree absolutely, hundred um, percent. I think we underestimate Yedlin's ability to cover ground. We underestimate his ability to make a challenge, and by God, he's determined to get back when he's even when he's he's caught caught out out of position, or, or, or you know when he's scrambling back. And I think we have missed all of that. 
that's no not to decry Anita, who I thought was was relatively steady. Uh, out of the back four, probably was the only one to come away from sad this game with any credit. Um, but it was certainly quite rightly Andrew we've missed Clark, that's for sure. Hey, gentlemen, gentlemen, could 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 this team stay up? I'm like, if if they, because one thing Benitez said at the start of the season, which I thought was really interesting, is that he didn't feel like he wanted to change the top of Newcastle's roster as much as he wanted to change the bottom, because injuries happen. And, and guys, you, know, you, you what the problem is you have your amazing 11, but then once you lose that one of your 11, the, the, the guy next off the bench you know, shouldn't even be playing. I mean, could Newcastle stay you know, at least solidify themselves with this roster next year and then just you know, and maybe add maybe one or two, but then the rest of the three or four would be kind of on the back end? So if they do, when injuries do happen, you, you're not required to have to go to some of the guys that they have to go to? I think that would suggest, Chris, that Rafa that that would mean Rafa's not being backed if the if the squad remained the same for when if we kick off next season in the Premier League. So I don't okay. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't see him actually being here. But do I believe he could get this squad of players to stay in the Premier League? Um, possibly because he would make sure we're organised. The expectation levels at home against um, the better sides wouldn't be the same. And I think it would help the atmosphere because you wouldn't be walking into St James's Park thinking you're going to be team three and four nil every week because you know for a fact that you're not going to. And I think it would make us very, very, very difficult to beat. But if the te- if the squad was the same, that would suggest he's not going to be back. So I wouldn't I wouldn't imagine he'd be the manager next season if that was the case. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, one thing, guys, they've uh, they've become consistent. They're horrible on the road and at home now. At least, they, at least they're getting. At least they're getting the victories at home, playing like crap, you know. But my gosh, I mean, you take away that Shelby long shot, and what a what a just a one off performance. You don't, you almost don't even want to watch the highlights because there are no highlights. I still don't know how Newcastle scored. It's crazy at the end of the game. I mean, I, you know, they they kind of made a it was an offer rebound and there Shelby to put it in. When I, was that was that one of the more I mean, they were dominated? <laughs> yeah, they were absolutely dominated by by Sheffield. Didn't play well. No, didn't play well. well I, I guess the next question is what happens on against Leeds because Leeds is not coming there to. I mean, Leeds is going to be full steam ahead, trying to help themselves. Yeah, but the, that, that's unlike every other team that comes to St. James's Park who wants to defend, defend, defend. If they want to go for it, that actually plays into our hands. I agree. So I, I don't have as much trepidation for them coming as perhaps I did for, you know, they're not going to come with the same mentality that Burton came with. They're, they're going to come because they're still getting G'd up by the Yorkshire Press and the odd former player saying, whoa, everybody's looking over their shoulders, you know. They're going to come and have a go. Monk's getting a little bit of the media love that Brighton have been getting. Um, you know, they're coming with a different mindset than what most teams that come to St. James's Park like. And that actually plays in our hands, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that'd be good. It, it'd be nice to get back to just playing free-flowing football again than this uh, defensive... You know, try to you know try to hit people. You know, maybe get one goal and hang on for dear life type stuff. I mean, you only can do that for so long, especially when you're trying to win the league. That's what's amazing. The Newcastle have been able to get away with this by you know by playing this way. 
look, uh, uh, do you know what it is, Chris? The, the, the big thing is as well, <laughs> I think going forward, this division, it's difficult to do that in this, very difficult to do that in this division. And, and, he's, and he's built a team to try and get out of this division. And that's it. Simple as that. Um, and we'll, he'll, do it, he'll take it by any old means possible. And frankly, I think uh, my mindset's very different these days. I'd quite happily take that too. I don't give a hoot. Oh, no joke. I'll take second in a heartbeat. I mean, honestly, I don't care about Champagne saying that Newcastle won the championship. I mean, that doesn't matter to me one bit. Keith sent us a nice little picture, lads, um, of him missing us so much. <laughs> if you see it, nice, he's got a nice beer in hand, toasting his relegation uh, to out of the Premier League. Cheers, Keith, mate. Love you. Well, mate. I'll, Love you. I'll definitely, I'll definitely toast him to that uh, if it happens in the next couple of weeks when we go up. But I, I, Andrew, I'm going to have to love you and leave you because no, I'll have to put him to bed. Thanks, Lee. But, uh, always a pleasure, always a pleasure, Lee. Hi, Lee, brother, lads. I'll see you later. Yeah, take care, mate. Ta-da. So, I think, if you, do you think when it comes to the new season, well, obviously, when we, when we hopefully go up, um, Chris, do you think, think Mata could be an interesting um, addition to that Newcastle team? Uh, personally, I'd like Mata and Carrick, but I know it's not going to happen. Wow. <laughs> That'd be some nice names. Yeah, I mean, Mourinho. Let's just find everyone who Mourinho has ticked off and just try to and just try to get them. What about, you know? What about the what about the center back that he's basically just belittled to nothing as well? But uh, yeah, no, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think all the all I think all options are on the table when Rafa Benitez is the coach. You know, when he's the gaffer, I think he can he can attract players to come to the Northeast that other managers and coaches would have no chance to do. So it'll be interesting to see. And now he can offer him premiership football. Not only just the manager, but now I can offer you premiership football. Maybe next year or two years from now, I can offer you, let's, let's hope, Europa football, you know, and, and, and so on and so forth. Now that's the dream. That's really the dream. So it'll be interesting to see the, uh, you know, kind of the guys that want to, uh, that want to go to Newcastle and try to, and try to continue this, you know, this revolution that we, that we love to talk about. Do you think you get? Do you think you would get rid of Perez? Do you think Perez won't be there next season? I could see Perez as a squad guy. I could see him have a, you know. But the thing is, he's a young. He's a young player. He is not. I mean, he's only. Remember, he. And I think we all need to remember this as Newcastle fans. I mean, this guy was like a third division player in the in the Spanish league. I mean, he was not supposed to be as good. As as he immediately became. I mean, and maybe it just kind of caught up to him a little bit. He needs to he needs to kind of grow into his body and find himself. One thing I do like, uh, Neil, and see what you, Andrew, see what you think. It does seem like he is a lot more solid in the championship now. I don't see him being pushed over every two seconds like he used to be. I think he's grown this season, and that's going to stand him instead because I think he's he's probably more suited to the Premiership. Because um, you know, you gotta remember, he scored some bloody good goals in the Premiership. So oh, the he, West Brom, he, the West Brom goal is just is a classic. You know, he, he can do it. So that plus a little bit of toughening up, it, you know, a season in the Premiership could do for him what it did for Colaccini. Because when we came back up after the relegation in two thousand and eight, Colaccini was a different player in the Premiership until his legs went. Um, that Absolutely, in the championship was you know was a real cup of cement for him. It, it really did harden him up, and um, 
it could, you know, you could see the a similar effect on um, on Perez. Let's see. I'd hope so. Yeah, it'd be nice to see. It'd be, you know, I think that's probably the, the good thing. I think with if if <laughs> if Rafa stays, I think so he will definitely bring in. Um, he'll bring, I think he'll bring in a lot of players. But I must. I want to see a, a player brought into the leagues that is going to be that diamond. Is going to. If you look at Deli Ali, who would have thought Deli Ali would have done what he's done in his first season? Another one we missed out on when we kind of had that agreed. So. That's the thing is that there are players out there who can become players who can uh, who, who can make that instant instant change in the Newcastle psyche and uh, you know bring pace bring pace and power to the team, Chris. Yeah, and of course, guys, and and we've one thing we haven't talked a lot about too is you could have the perfect player that's just not at the perfect club. You know, I mean, sometimes. The club makes the player. I mean, certain players I know in the NFL, they'll go to a team and they're just horrible. Then they go back to the team that they kind of started out with, and it's it's like it's like they've become a superstar again. Just the the familiarity, the coaching, something, the tactics, the the strat, whatever it works, it just works really well for that player. Uh, and I almost wish that uh, Andy Carroll was having a rough season because yeah. you know maybe Newcastle could get him back, but he seems to have kind of found himself, and he's kicking on for West Ham, so they're not going to give him up now. But uh, it, it, it'll be. It, I'm looking forward to it. I'd like Newcastle to hurry up and get this over with. Uh, I've asked this before, Neil Andrew. What was the game when Newcastle put like 20 passes together early in the season and scored that just amazing goal? I, I just haven't seen that from them since. Yeah, uh, from from the kickoff onwards, that, that was Ipswich, wasn't it? Twenty-one seconds. Yeah, it was Ipswich. Remember, remember how remember how the free-flowing football? Maybe teams yes. decided to say enough is enough with that. We're not letting them do that anymore. I I don't know. It just seems like it seems like it's been such a slog to the finish line. Mm-hmm. You know, and and not just a slog with results, but a slog with eye-catching football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I, I mean, the guy. Every, I think we're still waiting. <laughs> As a club, I think we're still, we're still like I, I've, I've just thought, well, okay, how many games to go now? Is it five or six? No joke. I hate to say it. I keep. I had a. I had a, a. A subscription to like the little thing that gives me being sport, and I just basically canceled it a month early. I'm like, it's all right. I'll follow it on Twitter. I'll see if they. I'll see if they qualify, and then I can start watching the games again. It's. It really is. It's all about just let's get let's get this over with and let's get back to the Premiership where where we all belong. Because that's it. That's where the excitement is. I think um, you know just watching it. It's like it is watching. Like I think on Friday that's got the the makings of a humdinger um but the fact is we are missing we are missing a lot of players to more or less have a tilted players but i, I i'm not sure what you guys think but he you know do you think there's a possibility we'll go two up with Mitrovic and murphy hmm against uh i mean against a difficult lead i don't know i'm not sure it just depends on how leads comes to play I mean, are they scra- I mean, are they scrapping for points? Are they looking for victories? I mean, I know there's five games to go. Are they guys? I haven't checked the table. Are they pretty solid in the playoff spots, or do they have a chance to nip uh, Huddersfield? Uh, actually, I haven't checked for actually for a while because you know I think the whole, the whole examination in Newcastle. See, and I'm not the only one. All of us are. We just want this over with. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Well, I've got to bring. I've got to bring in my next guest caller this evening. In fact, 
Thanks for coming on, Chris, for as, as, as ever. Uh, Gentlemen, always a pleasure, and uh, hopefully uh, we're talking about a Newcastle uh, victory against uh, yeah, next week. Against Leeds, great stuff. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. All right, see you guys. See you, Kevin. I was actually just about to talk about the, the World Cup. Could be going to America and Canada, but anyway. Um, good evening, uh, Steve Hasty from Newcastle Science Forum. Um, oh, before we get to the match, what was your take on the figures that we've talked about already that Mr. Charlie... Uh, has brought has kind of brought out to us. What do you, what do you, what do you, what's your take on it? I'm not. I'm, I'm, you know what it is, Andrew. It, it, looking at balance sheets and things like that mm. after after the last three or four years, just done my head in. Yeah, true. Suddenly become we've suddenly become more interested in balance sheets and figures than we have about where we are in the table or how we're performing or whatever. And it, and it, it I, I find it senseless and pointless. Whether you know. Oh, we've got more money than you. Yeah. We've got less money than you. We've spent more money than you. We've bought a more expensive player than you, and and it does me head in. I mean, if there's one thing I will say that was mentioned at the fans forum that nobody ever picked up on, was the fact that the club still has the same policy in terms of transfers as it always has done, um, and that is that it it buys players for cash outright, and it's. Sells, it sells players um, and does it over a three or four year spell. And the reason that was explained at the fans forum was they still believe that that philosophy um, means that they're going to have money continually coming in. So that there's revenue will be coming into the football club uh, next season and the season after from the sale of Sissoko and the sale of Winandum. Um, and those figures won't be on the books. They'll be off on terms of, of how you account for people in, in terms of depreciation or you know amortization and valuations. So those players are no longer on the books that way wise, but there'll be money coming in uh, in the stalled um, installments for Sissoko, Wijnaldum and anybody else that was sold last season. Um, I'm thinking that so the figures that we're seeing are kind of a false, a false figure, you know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think um, you know the the way it was, you know, the, obviously the way Newcastle brings things out, saying, well, you know, we we you see we we it's like we see we we know what we're doing, where we you know this is this is the money that uh, we we save for the the, the bigger test to come. Now I look, I think, well, it's, to me, it's irrespective. Once you have a guy who's a billionaire, two times over, three times over, I think he's less now, isn't he? To me, once once you've got the money, you've, you've got to be careful with financial fair play. But to me, we're going to find out pretty quickly, um, as everybody's probably stated tonight, if Newcastle, I think they have to, like uh, at the top ceiling, for me, for this, for next. For the coming season, Newcastle United will have to spend 100 million plus. They have to, unless they have some diamonds that they can bring in, and they reckon they can go straight in there. Um, you know, a big tall player, but we're always being linked with um, Sturridge, possibly Andy Carroll. Uh, Matter has been floated before, uh, but I have seen a couple of nuggets being uh, from the lower leagues to be to be brought in to shine them up, but. When you look at that team, that team's going to be 
fundamentally, uh, I would say, dismantled. Uh, obviously, when it comes to feeds, what do you think, Steve? I do think it's going to be a lot of players. Uh, he'll keep with the core players, especially with with Gale, with uh, Richie, um, Shelby. But Shelby's going to have problems next season because I think they're going to have somebody to back him up. So it is going to be. I think. I think if they allow him to do what Rafa Benitez wants to do, I think that's the question, isn't it? I think because we all know we're going to, have to spend a hell of a lot of money. Um, you know, the trust factor. We've had a, we've had a one season, well, one of the bit seasons of let Rafa do his thing, but and then he's been reeled back in. So now, I think for Mike Ashley to say, there you go, Rafa, bring us value for money. Here, here's the amount of money, but that's the, the million dollar question, isn't it, really? It is, and and who knows who knows what's going on behind the scenes. We can speculate. We can throw names of players out. We can talk about the number of players we think. I think I personally think there's you need six to seven players who will come into that squad and be guaranteed first-team players, mm-hmm. yeah. to be guaranteed starters. I think that's that's how weak the the squad is um, for the Premiership. Um, I, I, that's that's my opinion. Who those players are, I don't know. Who who would we bring in? Would it be a Daniel Sturridge? You see the sort of player that they're going to go for? I don't know. Will they go for the lad from Fulham? I don't know. Abby Abraham, who's on loan yeah. at Bristol, I think is a smashing player. He's been banging goals in top four. He's just only on loan. I think he's on loan from Chelsea. I'm not too sure. I'd say that Chelsea or Arsenal. Um, probably, probably Chelsea because Chelsea have about forty odd yeah. players out there on that? loan. Um, he's an interesting proposition. Um, whether or not Chelsea would see him as as the sort of player that would come back and go into their first team squad, probably not. Um, they have an abundance of players in their squad, and maybe we're going to pick up some players from there. Who knows? Um, I think, but I do. I mean, you talked there about earlier about Middlesbrough, Gibson at Middlesbrough. I think he looks a, a, a solid defender, um, just breaking into the England squad. So you know, Gareth Southgate seen something about him. Um, I think he's an interesting one for us. That uh, if they got relegated, um, if Borough go down, then you know. Would he be the sort of player who would stick loyally with Borough and risk his international career because he's on that cusp? Or would he look, be looking to, to remain in the Premiership and would Newcastle be a good out, outlet for him? Um, I think it's going to be more likely you're going to get players of that age the, coming into the team. Uh, like, and we've always said a sell-on, a sell-on value in terms of age. Uh, than you are if you're going to go for a one matter, um, as you keep talking about, mm-hmm. or um, Carrick, who's what 36, probably coming up at 37 shortly. He's offered a new right. contract, hasn't he? Um, Sorry. I, I thought I actually thought he's been offered a new contract. Now, yeah, he prob- probably has. He probably got a year-to-year contract um, at Manchester United. Um, but there again, you know, you've got other players not around. That would would you want? To come to Newcastle, would Newcastle be open to letting players in? You talked about Andy Carroll earlier on. Andy Carroll is 28 year old. He's nearly 29. Should be at the peak of his career. I don't know how many games he's played. Probably not that many um, for a 29 year old. Um, he'd be 29 in at the turn of the year. So there's another one. You know, um, 
is he too old? Would he have a sell-on value? The thing with Andy Carroll is he was £35 million player who went for £15 million. Um, would he would he still cost fifteen million? What salary would it be on? Um, would you pick him up for less? Would you pick him for eight? I don't know. If he's valued halves every time, which means that from a Newcastle point of view or from Mike Ashley's point of view, he'd be looking and thinking, well, <laughs> if he if his value keeps half, and if I got him for half of what he went the last time, I'm only going to get half of half of <laughs> of what I'm paying for him when I get rid of him. You know, <laughs> you just don't know what goes on in in, 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 in his mind. Yeah, Neil. When it comes to the figure, I do think it's a hundred million they're going to have to spend. What, what, irrespective of what they'll go for, do you think it's a hundred million plus, or do you think the fact that they will look to unload players like because Gufron's gone, hasn't he? Obviously, I can't say Gufron um, staying. Even though I actually heard, probably Steve might be able to confirm this, but I could have sworn he's offered a new contract by Rafa. But um, mm-hmm. what is he? What is he? What, Obviously, because to me, like, you can't have callback in that team. He runs around a bit, but you know we want quality, don't we? And um, you know, there's, there's still good players in that team. That's that's not get that's not get carried away. But um, I think you know, he, as 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 we said all season, we're doing what we have to get back up. But we also know the past mistakes that have been made on multiple levels. That you know, mm. he, they, they, he is going to ask you know. Again, if they trust him, he's going to absolutely put a sledgehammer at that team. And, you know, all this thing about Metro staying, he's not staying. It's, it's a fallacy what the Chronicle put out there. That stunned me. That, that actually, to me, was a bit of a, a shot across the bow at uh, Rafa, personally, actually, I thought. But um, how much do you think, Neil? I'm not going on too much. But would you t- give me your thoughts on it. If you, in your expert, goodbye opinion. In by expert to by opinion. Look, anything we say now is speculation. But I mean, Rafa's made some comment about six. Mm. Well, there's a comment attributed to him about six. Um, I personally think it might even be more. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. Either way, we've got no choice but to spend if we get get up. Mm. We've got no choice, Andrew, and yeah. everybody can see that. I think Anita's contract's coming up. I think Gufran's contract's coming up. Do I think either of them will get a new contract? Well, again, there's been comments attributed saying that they're the kind of people he might um, like to have around because they've been used to a dogfight, a relegation before, but I don't think they're the players you want. You, you, you don't want relegation players in your team. You want players that don't get relegated. Um, and I don't think they've done enough for all Gufran's certainly shown more and worked his butt off in this division and Anita seemed to have settled it right back um, and not been allowed to move into midfield and I think that says everything because if he's, if he's a real world class central midfielder he should be bossing that centre midfield in this division it's as simple as that but I think both of them for the Premier League are not physically right and I think they'll both be, be told thanks for a great season lads and move on with grace um, the other thing you've got to, we've got to take into account is we've got a host of young lads out on loan mm. we're, we're best mm. young players aren't at the club at the minute they're all out on loan uh, but are any of them Premier League ready? no are they part of the squad? they should be because it certainly doesn't stop other teams bringing in 
18, 19, 20 year olds and saying play at the top flight and go for it lads. But that's because they've got a core of experience around them to allow them to do that and that's what we need to ensure we've got. And I think when Rafa talks about building the spine, that's what he's talking about. I think um we think of Hayden's been a you know, you, you don't realise it's a players go away and we've talked about it already tonight, Steve, about Hayden being out, Yedlin being out. There's a definite thrust that's gone out of that team, isn't it? Oh yes, I mean, no question, no question about that. I mean, uh, we've missed, we've missed Clark at the back, we've missed Yedlin. Um, Hayden wasn't wasn't getting his game. He wasn't, mm. you know, he wasn't getting the game every week, you know. But what we've what we've missed is the ability to bring him in, and and, and then you know, we, you notice he used to come in, and, and then he was out again. He was in, he was out again. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't a. a one of the first names that were was on the uh, was on the sheet, you know. Um, but we talk about we talk about youngsters. We talk about players that are out on loan. Um, some of the youngsters, there's, there's quite a lot of them not even getting games, you know. Adam Armstrong's not been getting a game or Barnsley for weeks, you know. Um, and yet, you know, up until Christmas, we were talking about Adam Armstrong being like. You know, he was going to be the saviour of the club. He was going to, you know, people were screaming for him to be coming back in the in the January transfer window. You know, he hasn't even been getting a game. Up, honestly, I don't know what's going on there. Something's happened. We've got, you know, we've got lads out that are injured. Um, we've got lads who are, you know, some of them are some of them are like Gilliard. He's out with a hamstring. Uh, Gillespie, Carlisle, he's been sidelined for quite a while now. You know, the ones that the ones that have been getting regular games and been surprised with are the ones that we know are definitely not coming back. <laughs> the likes of Thuvan, for example. You know, Marseille, he's, he's doing really, really well. The other one is Savvy, you know. Doing, you know, there's no chance of these guys coming back. No. Thuvan's already said he's definitely not coming back regardless, you know. Um, and uh, then there's... CM De Jong, you know, yeah. he's he's he scored, you know, he's scoring goals. Uh, he was on the bench on on Sunday, I think, or Saturday. Um, Riviere, Riviere. <laughs> there's, there's a there's a blast, you know. Uh, kind of get a game, you know. Starts and doesn't doesn't finish. Um, I'd. I'd there's something never been right with the with the youngsters and you know with the squad players and having so many players out on loan. Um, mm. I'll be amazed if if any of those players, barring De Jong, who I think is probably coming back and and might be the sort of player that that that. Uh, it, it just it just shows the the mismanagement until we mm. get a real manager in. It's yes. Un- yeah, you're right. Mismanagement's one word for it. Mismanagement of, of, of transfers, but it could also, you know, you look, who brought those players in? You know, was it Graham Carr? Did it, did, you know, are those players that we're talking about, the Riviers, the De Jongs, the Savier, the Thuvan, you know, was that was that him? Um, was it was it somebody else? You know? Um, he, pro- he, he always... Graham Corrales wants to claim that he brought in uh, the players that were sold, <laughs> the players that brought money in, but he never wants to claim that apparently that uh, if, if the press has anything to go by, you never, you never see him hanging his hat on uh, Savvy or Thuvan, 
I'll see MD on, or Riviere, you know. Mm. Um, which is interesting. Uh, but you, 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 you look back at the history of the club and you think, well, who, who, who was sanctioning these players? Who was, you know, who was, who was the person who was going out and identifying these players? What was going on at the time, you know? Um, but we can, we can talk about that when the cows come home. Yeah. The most important thing is we've got, yeah. what, five games left to get ourselves out of this it's league. On, uh, it was disappointing the weekend, wasn't it? That, you know, yeah, of course. disappointing, isn't it? You know, we, we, we mm. want to see them winning every game. We want to see them playing well. The performances of late haven't been that good, although I thought we played really, you know, played some lovely football on Wednesday night. Um, I'd like to see that referee back every game because if if he can he, he can electrify the crowd yeah, like it was on Wednesday night and create an atmosphere, well, then brilliant, you know. Farcical um, decision is I think I think I think stronger words were used with Neil and farcical. I think mm. <laughs> he does. Yes, the word. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> we're, but we're I think uh, it, the interesting thing about obviously Saturday there's lots of things going on, but. Um, when it when it comes to the, the fact that Gale's out, and I know we've went back and forth with regards to um, Murphy and Dimitrovic, um, it's been said by obviously Lisa tonight. Says, you know the the nice thing, the good thing that happened on Saturday is that Dimitrovic, even in those ten minutes, it's funny he goes international duty, he scores a wonder goal, and he's come back and he's not looking at the player, he's looking at the ball. Now, it, you know the. I, I know what's going to happen. He's going to play. He's going to play Murphy. He's going to play Mitrovic, and he's put, he's going to put the army behind him. So, and we'll get against a team that isn't that great at the moment. They're, they're losing a bit of impetus in, in Leeds United. I think it would. Be, I just think for the, to get it doesn't take much for Newcastle fans to get against Leeds anyway. But I think he he has to the the rigidness of that uh, those two players. Um, he has to, for some. For me, if again Diarmi didn't show it again, did he? He mixed again. He mixed the match with Shelby, didn't he? Because Shelby didn't have the ball much in the first half. He was surrounded most of the time, and then he moved things around a little bit. But do you think? Do you think it's time to, to more or less bring in them two lads here? Listen, let's 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 do it and bring place on the wings. I'm I'm firm believer I'm playing two two strikers. Yeah. You know, we've seen it with Newcastle over the years, but. You look at you look at Rafa and Rafa doesn't like it. Rafa likes to prefer he much prefers to play the, the one main striker and he, he likes the five man midfield with the ability to break down the wings, uh, keeping it solid, protecting his back four. I think I think I'm more concerned with the way the back four's been playing. Um with since Clark's been out, I think Lascelles has not looked good. Um and he's, 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 he's poor game. Um you could see as one, the game yeah. went on a Wednesday, he was getting, he, he started to panic. I think as the wind was getting to him, you know, he was losing losing breath, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, obviously, looking at him fitness-wise and seeing he was, he wasn't, he didn't look match fit. Yeah. He looked really, really blowing towards the end of the game. And then, of course, the next game he come along on Saturday, and then concentration levels have gone. You know, the positional players out. The communication right along the back four seemed to be gone. You know, there didn't seem to be anything going on there. Um, and it shows how important Clark's been at the back in terms of 
almost, you know, I'm saying leadership, but the leadership that he's given has been in his performances, you know, uh, the assuredness that he's been able to show at the back four, which I think has probably helped all of those around him, and I think they're suffering now. I think the fact that Shelby, well, you look at Saturday, if you if clubs have done their homework and they know, well, if you want to stop Newcastle, you stop John Joe Shelby. Simple as that. So you can let the army mm. run all day, and but his choice of passing is poor. Um, he, he, we've seen what one wonder goal from him this season. I, I think he's a, a poor man to so to tell you the truth. Um, Perez, Perez looks, Perez looks frightened in this league. Mm. He, he looks as though he's he spends the entire game waiting to be kicked, you know. Um, and and that for me is. Isn't right, you know. He just, I think he's one of those players that he needs a little bit more time on the ball, and I think he can get more time on the ball sometimes in the Premier League mm. when you're playing in the position that he plays. Mm. Yeah, you're not getting hit straight away, and I think in this league, it's it's. I think it's a lot more physical than the than the Premier League, and I think he's more suited to the Premier League. I know that sounds ridiculous to some, but uh, that's well, my take. Ben, you know? Did we say that a lot about Ben? Isn't it that the fact that he hasn't been playing? He didn't trust him, but the fact that he hasn't been playing, and he, you know, you, you know, you got to look. You know, I know people don't like to criticise, but if you're gonna, if you're gonna play him in two games, you've got an option. I think well, he's played 90 minutes and he's obviously trained. Now, you know, the things were all over the shop, weren't we? That, that's the trouble. Yeah. You can't blame one player, but four, if, if four players on one on one player, not one player manages to get a goal, there's something wrong there. And maybe they maybe they should have thought, well, okay, we'll give him a we'll give him a, a run out. They put it, you know, put him in, but like more or less um, give him sixty minutes. But even by then, the damage was done. But yeah. you've got to be able to you've got to be able to manage situations. And yeah, but you know, you know what, Andrew, the thing with the, that that goal, of Stephen Fletcher. You look at Stephen Fletcher, and, and and he's always been that type of player against us. Mm. He's always been able to raise his game. He played for Sunderland yep. so mm. well. He, he, you know. He, I remember, I remember him, and I remember uh, Danny Graham yeah. giving our defence a run around at St James's Park um, in previous times. You know where those type of players we seem to really struggle with, and he's he's had the hex on us, you know, and he and he did it again. You know, he he did it he did it when they were here earlier in the season. Um, I mean, Sheffield Wednesday have done the double over us for goodness sake, you know. Um, yeah, it, just just, it was just a bad, a bad day of the office. I don't know whether, I don't know what it was, um, but I'm, and I'm sure Rafa was tearing his hair out as well on on Saturday night, trying to work out him and the coach and staff what what exactly went wrong. Um, but we've got to put it right on on Friday night. TV leads are a good. Leads are there or thereabouts. You know, I thought that, that they've slipped up of late, but I think you know, I think that. Gary Monk's got them playing some decent football. They've got a great striker. Um, I, I like the look of him, and they've got they've got some they've got some decent, fuzzy about midfield players. Um, and when they want to, they can stick that foot in as well. They might not look very good when we played them down there, and you know, um, we 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 kind of well we dominated that game from start to finish. And I expected more from Leeds, but the, the, Gary Monk's got them turned round now, and I, you know, I think that I think that they're going to get a playoff spot, you know. Um, 
and then we'll take it from we'll take it from there. But we've got to we've got to do something, you know. We've got to do something to raise our game. And like you like you guys were talking about earlier, I'm not bothered if we finish second. It'd be nice to finish first, but the the most important thing is to finish within the top two and to go up next season mm-hmm. into the Premier League and to have the sort of close season with Rafa where he's allowed to do what he wants to do in terms of who he leaves out and who he gets rid of and who he brings in um, and whatever money that he requires is made available. And mm. I don't know whether, whether you would class Rafa as a wheeler dealer <laughs> mm. in, the, in the transfer market, but I think he's astute. I think he'll, I think he'll, he'll bring, in, bring in players that will suit the style of football he wants to play in the Premier League, which I think might be slightly different to the style that was played in this league. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'm going to bring in my last caller this evening, and that's John, your cast nice fan. Good evening. Good evening, John. How are you? Hey, yeah. How are we doing, Andrew? How are we doing, guys? Hey, John. How are you doing? Great. You've got Steve Hasty, you've got Neil Mitchell. Neil, you're going to, before bringing John, um, you're going to add something to that, Neil? No, I don't, I don't think there's, there's anything anything too hard, really. Steve has ever sums things up very eruditely and astutely. Yeah, I think obviously the, because now we're starting to look at um, what Newcastle should do and the, the possible change in shape uh, at the end of the season. Uh, obviously, what was your, your thoughts on Saturday? But before we get into the the fact that we, who, you know, how much money we've got to spend to get back up, uh, John, you've obviously clearly disappointed on Saturday, but I, th- I think uh, you're probably the one pe- person, one of the people that said, you know, yeah, okay, we lost, but we move on to the next game. Well, I mean, <clears throat> how do I pull it? I mean, I watched the game on Saturday, and we were, the first half, Andrew, was just absolutely abject. It really was. We could have gone 3-0 at them at this moment in time. It hadn't been for Darlow. And I thought the defence were absolutely appalling. I mean, Lascelles, I thought Mbemba wasn't that great. You know, I mean, Anita, well, he was at his best. You know, it's just not good enough. It really isn't. I mean, I mean, Shelby's tried to get the game going. I mean, he was our best player by a mile because it has been for him. Because I'll tell you something, he, he was just not been in the game at all. I mean, I mean, the goal was coming, mind, from Sheffield, and he deserved to win. Not just served the goal, he deserved to win it as well. I've got newer complaints there. Yeah, it was, you know, you could see it was a bad day, but I must admit, I, 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 did, I did expect more from I did think we were going to make a statement we've gone you know, every time we've gone be I think gone behind in the, the we've gone behind the league. That was mm. normally against Brighton we've normally come back and said, Right, this is ours, come and get it. But um you know, I, I definitely think you know the the penalty sorry not the penalty the the, the the blatant red card that should have gone on. Things things change games don't they? In from one minute it's funny, they were absolutely panicking the last ten, fifteen minutes when you know when you, when we start pressurising them, and mm-hmm. you know they, imagine that would have happened forty five minutes earlier if, um, oh, if the referee had given what he should have given. I'm just gonna come on to that as well. I mean, why do we give ourselves a chance when we go behind? We just we gotta get we gotta set our stall out from minute one to minute ninety. We should get the ball and put them on the pressure for for the first minute and get at them. That's the only way. We we gotta let them know. That um, we're not going to sit back. We're going to give it a go, right? We're not here to play um, 
Jimmy Graham's just going to get the three points. And it's just, when he knocked the ball back from the back at times, right, they just keep hitting the ball long. It's just me, it's just like watching Stoke at times when Pulis was there. You know what I mean? It was just so, we just give the ball away and we just give them back the ball all the time and we just um, sit back and sit back and, yeah, I know we're a counter-attacking team, right? You know, but we need to get at them as well. But go on that um, tackle on Richie. That was a sending off all day long. So I tell you something, that's a dangerous tackle. Yet again, we're just not getting any luck at all. It's a choose, isn't it, Steve? He's, he's had a, there seem to be, you know, obviously one of one of the best players Newcastle have got, but they definitely he, he's getting a, he's been getting a few tackles lately, where you yep. know every single time. Well, you, Steve, obviously they're gonna they're gonna pick on players that you know can make a difference, but you know. You know, he doesn't go down for nothing, does he? You would think they would they would actually... It doesn't matter to me. They're playing one game in the Championship that could be picked up in the Premier League. They're on TV. You know, they've got the owe to the fans that, you know, if, if you attack the players like they like have, you know, he could be out for the season as well. Yeah, I mean, Richie's been our best player this last month. He's been the form player. And mm. uh, tackles like that, um, you know... In this league, the referees let them go, or you'll get a yellow card when, you know, you, sh- you should be looking at it as a straight red. Some of the some of the challenges and tackles that we've seen, um, but then, then you get a referee like the one on Wednesday night who is more interested in bringing people back for a throw-in, mm. you know, making mm. sure the throw-in's taken in the right place, um, and then loses track of, of everything else that's going on with around him, and, you know... I've seen that happen many, many times at St James's Park this season, where the referee has there's been challenges that he's just played on for um, that you think, and in the Premier League that would have been a, a straight red, and then the same ref, in the same game the referees pulled somebody up for moving the ball a yard, coming down the line a yard, going, you know, trivial stuff. Um, we 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 have a big thing at. Where, where we sit about players who can't even throw the ball in properly. You know, and the, the number of foul throws that you see at St. James's Park mm. in a match. You know, from both sides, not just from the opposition, but the number of foul throws you see. And that that's part of the game. It's a bit like the um, you take a corner now and the, the ball, you know, there the has to be part of the ball on the outside of the, of the, of the D. Well, it used to be the, the, the circumference of the ball had to be more of it on the inside. Now it's the outside. So the, the ball is virtually, you know, virtually in the box when they're taking the goal for the corner, you know. Things like that annoy me. I don't know, maybe, it's, maybe I'm just becoming OCD in me old age, you know. But no, I, Steve, I, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. You, you'll have heard, um, well, you'll know firsthand where I get it from. Um it, it, I think it's genuinely a, a basic respect for the rules, the basic rules of the game. And if you can't do things like take a throw-in properly and you're going to be lax on that, it, everything else just slips. And there yeah. are certain things that I think... I'm not being pedantic about you must take it from exactly where the ball went out, all that kind of rubbish mm-hmm. that you get some people doing. As long as it's in, you know, agreeably the right kind of place and nobody's gaining an unfair advantage from it, that's fine. But the actual act of taking a throw-in is very clearly defined in the basic rules of the game. 
And when a referee is prepared to let that go, that's where it starts. If you're prepared to let that go, what else are you prepared to let go? And then it starts potentially to become a free-for-all. And that's why we get inconsistency in refereeing. That's why we get referees who can't make their mind up with what they're actually doing and then try and cover their arses when they make a massive mistake. And this this all stems from not doing the basics right, and that's the same in any profession. If your basics are wrong, or, or lax, or slack, and everything else is often slack thereafter. That's that's my feeling anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I was reading about about the, the the laws of the game there and the rules, the changes that have been brought in. And normally you have two or three changes in a season um, at the start of every season that the referees have to adhere to. This season, the referee had 94 changes that he had that he had to be looked at, and 94 changes. <laughs> and, what happens after this? Never. Not that many. And it, it's crazy, but you know that once the referee becomes a referee, then nothing else happens. He, he doesn't go through a, an annual test or anything. He doesn't get tested on what he knows about the rules of the game or anything like that. And when I, I was listening, when that when that there was an opportunity for that to be brought in, um, mm. when when the, the head of the referees association at the time, whatever it's called now, the professional game professional referees organization FGMOL I think it's called um, when he suggested that each referee should be tested in what he knows about the rules of the game and the laws um, he was laughed out and he said if you did that you would be, you're turning the game into a laughing stock because you're undermining the, the referees in the, in, 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 the, in the British game and the English game he says no I just want to make sure that we, our referees understand the the basic and, and, and laws therein, of the game. Therein lies the discrepancies where you get inconsistency between referees given certain decisions. Yeah. And if they're not prepared to do something like that, that's wrong. That's absolutely wrong. And this is what, when we had Mark Halsey on a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. why he obviously goes on the way he goes on. Certainly not my favourite referee ever, but absolutely frank and prepared to give a, an honest opinion and assessment on where it's at. And yes. I bet you he would say something along those kind of lines too, that f- frankly the training of the referees is, is, is haphazard, it's poor, it's like a days ago, and therefore you get somebody <coughs> like Stroud doing what he did and then you see in other games, um, how many yellow cards were dished out between Huddersfield and uh, uh, was it Huddersfield and Fulham or Huddersfield and Burton the other week yeah. like four, 14 yellow cards in the second half, it's like what? You know, where where did referees get off doing that? Uh, and that's the referee who's using the yellow card to control the game. And that's wrong too, because you shouldn't yeah. be using the yellow card to control the game. You should have the respect of the players to not even have to wave the bloody thing. Yeah, I think and, John, and, and it's you, gone. Yeah, I, I think, John, you've noticed that, haven't you? That this seems to be, basically, you do whatever you want when it comes to, when it comes to football and taking... Taking free kicks, taking throw-ins, it's definitely filtered down to above all levels. People just the the, the, the referee all seem intimidated, as the guy just said. Yeah, I have to agree with you now. I think um, in this league, I just think that standard referee and sort of things have been absolutely appalling this season, especially in the championship. Half of them I've witnessed this season. It's just absolutely shocking, Andrew. It really is. I mean, go back on that Stroud thing, sort of thing, when um, they gave a penalty away. I mean, 
I've never, ever in all my life, okay, when you score a penalty, right, I'd be um, choked off and gives a free kick for encroachment. And I think it's an absolute joke. I mean, there's something new every day we don't know. And thank God we won that game because I've heard as well, if we have drawn that game, I think it could have been the replay, apparently. I don't know if you heard that. Mm. Yeah, we did hear that. It's a, it's an old, it's an old rule, but I believe it was in 1923 when that happened that they go back to it. But the, mm. the, it was actually probably the first time I've seen, I probably see even Neil and others, but that's probably the the most instant reaction to a decision I've ever seen. An apology, um, you know, the, the FA coming out very very quickly saying this, that, and the other. And the next day, he was taken. Obviously, all four of them yeah. were taken off the list. Um, mm, sorry, but sure. the thing you see, if but it gets it swept under the carpet nicely and quickly, uh, Andrew. True. It gets mm-hmm. it out of the out of the headlines. It gets it out of the limelight. Oh look, we've dealt with this. Well, no, you haven't. Nah. Because because who? What? What purpose does that serve? To have four officials miss a game for making something absolutely monumental. And I'm telling you now, if we were to lose this title on goal difference, how significant would that be? Mm-hmm. Yes, we won the game. Yeah. But, and this is the basic thing behind it, that frankly their behaviour and covering up, and I said it before and I'll say it again, suggests to me how easy it is to corrupt a game via the yeah, officials true. and how absolutely and totally blind the FA, the English Football League, the Premier League seem to be prepared to be to just cover it up and put it under the carpet. What if Burton had, had, uh, had missed out on and, and got relegated? You know, on on the on the on the decision. Or what if what if Burton go down? Um, you know, the, the questions get asked at the other end of the league. Aye. You know, the, the, the ramifications for that decision. Um, and, and I agree entirely with what you said earlier, Neil, about the uh, how it shows how it, how people can conspire to come up with a story which is what happened on, on Wednesday night. Um, a referee panics, he makes a wrong decision. It, there's five minutes of debate over how he, how he, can, mm. how, how he thinks he's seen something and how he, can, how he can keep the decision as it was so that he can get off the pitch. Then at half-time concoct and come out with the reason why. And then at the end of the game, that reason why is totally different to the reason why that at half-time, you know... Mm. When, we, when we know at half-time, he said that there was a foul committed on the edge of the box um, by Gale. Mm-hmm. And the, there wasn't a foul. It was proven. The video evidence suddenly appeared from, you know, 40 different angles with right. in Ginger's Park and mainly the Gallagher end and the, and the, the two sides of the East and West, uh, East and West stand, um, which showed that there was nobody, nobody near Gale and Gale was near the, nobody, well, not near well, anybody and committed nothing. <laughs> Officials seem very blind to the fact that these days, camera on every device. I've I've watched two games this year, Steve, via Periscope. Yes. <laughs> Come on, but yeah. expat fans, the only way to connect to see a bit of the action has been via Periscope. 
and I've done it. And these things are out there and they're recorded. So now, pressure on, when you make a mistake and you try and lie to cover it up, I can almost guarantee you there's some footage out there that'll, that'll disprove you. There's, there's, all, there's always phone calls as well, isn't there? Look at the Bank of England today, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 2008 to make a phone call and by, by the, all of a sudden in 2017 it comes back and bites mm-hmm. them on the backside, mm-hmm. you know? Let, let's extrapolate it out, though. In the game of golf, there's a lassie missed out on a major from, from a viewer's email. Yep. <laughs> mm. Yeah. You know? Well, hey, we're getting into dangerous territory here. I've got to, I've got to, obviously, um, I've got to end the show quite quickly, but um, tell me, give me a scoreline, Steve, for, um, against Leeds on uh, Friday. 1-0. One 1-0, nil. One nil, yeah, yeah, that's tight, huh? Yep. Do you think Mitrovic and Murphy will play together? No. <laughs> John, same question to you. Oh, 2-1. 2-1. Do you and do you think Murphy will... Murphy and Murphy and Mitchell will play together. I love to see it. I love to see it happen. I love to see four four two. But under Rafa, sadly, it's never going to happen. He's going to pick one. Mm, yeah, interesting, isn't it? Neil. My answers are avocado and luxury yacht. <laughs> pick that one out of your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, gentlemen. Well, is, that, is, that, is that the flavour of the Arista eggs over there, is it, Daniel? That's right, yeah. <laughs> guys, Sorry, guys. We're, we're celebration eggs. <laughs> celebration eggs, that's right. <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> what are you going to say, John? I was going to say, quickly, um, do you think um, Newcastle will get the eight points, eight points to go up this season? I think they'll get them, but I think it's going to be... Uh... <laughs> I think we're faltering at the wrong time. I think, yes, it's only one game, but uh, you take the pace on Gale away from that mm. Newcastle team, you take Yedlin pace away from that team, Hayden, uh, you know, there's not a lot of pace in that team anymore, you know, and that, and nah. it worries me a little bit, but um, I think because we've got a few games at home, I think, I think we've got more games at home than away, where we have struggled at home, anyways. But um, I think we'll get up there, but we're going to creep over. I actually, se- I actually sense that Hosefi will lose more games and uh, mm. will make us ease. I think it will make it easier for us. But you don't want that to happen because this is the time we have to punch in. We've got to show it's eight points. This is where we should be grabbing the balls of all the other teams thinking, like, come on, we're going to take his on. You know, Brighton yeah. lose. I think look at Wolves have got Brighton on Good Friday. And that's like, well, okay. You would think Wolves would want to really dig in for the next season to say, right, we're going to be ready. And that Absolutely. should be a tough game. That should be a tough game for Brighton. And the thing is, if they draw that game, Newcastle could still, you know, if we beat them, we could be ahead of them. So, like Neil said previously, if we've been jumping on them, they've been jumping on us. It's going to be interesting. But, you know, I didn't ask you this question before before we go, uh, but yes or no answer... Do you think Rafa Benitez will spend hundred million? No. You don't think he will. You don't I don't think he will. will. No. What's the question, sorry, lads? I was talking about Rafa. Think, do you think Rafa will be able to spend hundred million, and will he be given it? 
let's put it this way, he has to. He has to be given 100 million. But personally, I can't see it. I just cannot see it. But he should. I think it depends on the outgoings. I think he, well, that's the problem. Is that you know, I think we're we're going to be in a scrap next season if, he, if he's not allowed to manage yeah. what he wants to manage for sure. I'm I'm going to I'm going to leave you with one one little idea, uh, guys. Last game of the season, we're we're level with we're level with Brighton. We're going to that going to the last game, and if we win and Brighton lose, we win the league. If we win and Brighton win, Brighton win the league. Brighton's last game of the season is at Aston Villa. Do you think Aston Villa will roll over and uh, allow Brighton to win the league? <laughs> mm, yeah. oh, I doubt it very much. Because they win every game on the Villa. You what? They win every game on the Villa. They're, they're not going to come up, though, are they? You know? mm-hmm. It's interesting that you let, you let Steve, it's a bit like Rafa Benitez, you let Steve Bruce do his thing. And yes, they've had a, you know, they've gone from being really bad to really really bad. But all of a sudden, they have a little bad spot, and now all of a sudden now they're blooming. They're winning every game. They score. They've got a regular goal scorer. You know, that's the thing. Good managers. There's a reason why the good managers, put, uh, you know, even tonight. Look, look at uh, Crystal Palace. You know. But they're often good managers because they get rid of the bad apples. Yeah. True. And I think that, if anything, at Villa, that's what's happened down there. He's mm-hmm. taken control finally. He's got rid of the bad apples, and he's and he's allowed himself to to to, to have uh, the rest of the squad understanding exactly where he's coming from, you know. And mm-hmm. and with that, a few results, and before you know it, you start to move up the league. He's done it too late, hasn't he? That's his yeah, problem. Exactly. That's the trouble. They should have bought when they, you know, they should have never had Di Matteo in the in as manager. And they would have probably they probably would be in the playoff spots, I think, because you would have got rid of a lot of players. That's the thing. You, you know, Tony Z has been quite quiet even for uh, even for Niels. Uh, <laughs> but like, hey, all I can say is, well, thank goodness they're not in the playoffs, and they're going to have another another season in the championship. I can't think of a better club to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, we'll leave it at that. Thanks so much, everybody, for coming on. And we'll catch you all next week, either Monday or Tuesday, just yeah. depending on the Easter period. Thanks so much, gentlemen. Yeah. Catch you all next week. you two guys. Yeah. Thanks, 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 John. Thanks, Steve. Oh. Take care. All the best, guys. Remember to go to the Apple Store and just put in Toon Talk 
and you'll be able to see every single episode and listen to it at your given pleasure. Thanks so much tonight to all my guests on Toon Talk. A great night talking all about Newcastle and a tad a little bit on Sunderland to our friend who's on vacation in the nation.